right into our teaching today because I want to go somewhere next week. And um, God is good. Has he been good to you? Can you, listen, he's been good to all of us because uh, whether you realize it or not, you're here because he gave you your next breath. You know, we can't even have our next breath without God. And so I'm thankful for what God has done and what he is doing. Thank God we are redeemed. We are free from, uh, from sickness of long continuance. And the word says plagues wonderful. What in the world is that? Plagues are not wonderful. No, plagues are so bad you wonder. Wow. I thank God we've been redeemed from that in the name of Jesus. And we all have to stand up individually. We agree. We proclaimed it. And now we expect it. And anything contrary to the word of God that comes into our mind about that, we command and demand it to leave in Jesus' name because whatever I bind on earth, the word says, is bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Amen. How am I believing God for some family members to come back to the Lord that were raised right? And, and here, here's, here's a good scripture on that. Uh, the word says, the command to the north, south, east, and west, you give up. You keep not back. You bring our sons from far and our daughters from the ends of the earth. And everyone that's called by the name of the Lord to be here at Harvest Church and in the body of Christ cometh in Jesus' name. And all those who have, who have been taught the word of God, that seed will not return void. It's coming back. So therefore, it's not coming back to God void. It is being accomplished right now. And I believe that word is working mightily. And it will never stop working because we have an eternal word from God. And once that seed is sown, it forever goes about to be accomplished. Amen. All right. God's good. All right, so every now and then I might have to do a cough break. <clears throat> Did you hear that? <laughs> okay. It's, I, I, I'm, I'm really not, um, I, I'm not feverish. I don't have COVID. I don't have anything but to clear my throat. Is that all right? Matter of fact, won't you reach down and get yourself a bottle of water? I'm just kidding. Oh, that was good. <clears throat> you want some? No. So we, um, over the last couple weeks, this teaching on parenting, this teaching we were talking about on Father's Day, then we expanded it to anybody raising children. Uh, uh, could be a, a, a mother, a, a um, single mother. It could be, I know, um, kids that are being ra raised with their cousins. Kids are being raised by their grandparents. There's just so many, so I just want to open up to the broad perspective that this message is for me, and this message is for you. Even though sometimes I will angle it toward the men, you can apply, ladies, this message toward us. Anytime I apply messages toward the ladies, we as men can glean things out of it as well. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4.15. And I like this scripture because we're talking about nine things that it takes to be a good father or parent or guardian. And uh, it says, I'm not writing all this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. 
You know, if you ever hear a sermon and it makes you feel rotten and it causes fear to come to you, it causes panic to come to you, unrest coming to you, that is not the Word of God. Now, we might talk about serious things that have to be unfolded and dealt with, but there will be redemption before the end of the service. There will be something that will say, wait a minute, I can just make that change, and then God will help me with His mercy and the Holy Spirit to do things different, and my life will change. Amen. So, I'm writing as a father, my children, Paul, this Apostle Paul. And I love you and want you to grow up well, not spoiled. I think I'll say that again. Grow up well, not spoiled. Listen, all of us, watch out now. We, we have to make sure that we're, we're teaching our children that you don't just get everything for free. Or everything that is, um, you expect it to be free because it was free all your life. Well, you're... Your job's not going to work like that. You got to work. Boy, this sermon went in a different direction, didn't it? Um, what am I thinking? Oh, yeah. That's not raise up our children entitled. When we raised up our kids, even when they're small, we taught them, wait a minute, before you get to do this, you, you need to clean this up. Because we all are a team in the family, and, and that's including mom and dad or whoever is the guardian over that family. There are times that my family and I were so busy we had to run out of our house, and our house was a mess. How many would you like for me and my wife to visit you today, right now? You? That means your house is clean. God bless you. All right. But the first thing I do is make my bed, so my, I'm fine. But... Um, We would do when our house was a mess because we just, sometimes in the ministry, you have to drop everything and go. And, and, and uh, so we drop everything and go sometimes, and our, our house would be a mess. But the first thing we did as a family, I said, come on, team, let's gather up. Let's do a five-minute power clean. Are you ready to go? You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. Ready? Are you excited about this? Let's go. One, two, three, let's go. Boom. And it would get our household in order. And everybody, come on, parents. If little Johnny, again, my last, my middle name's Johnny, so if it's some, I'm trying not to pick out a, 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 a name that's yours. But if little Johnny likes to keep um, accumulating socks and dirty underwear and smelly shirts, and, and you're always cleaning up after little Johnny. Wonder what little Johnny would do if you stopped cleaning up after him, and he's got to he's got to avoid piles of stuff in his room. Gosh, Pastor Coyne, you you you're just tough on kids. No, I want them to know that that's not acceptable. What what is what do some people think the scripture says? Godliness is cleanliness. Next to what is it? Yeah, whatever you said. That's right. <laughs> Next, the godliness is cleanliness or something like that. Is, that. is that right? Well, that's not a scripture, but I like it. All right. So, parents, I'm telling you, get your kids involved. 
You know, I grew up in a, grew up in a family of seven kids with two parents, that's nine. How many know that house could get messed up quick? Well, we all had our roles. I would wash dishes sometimes. We would just sort of rotate, rotate different things. And then our kids are growing up that way that, hey, um, it's sort of like our volunteers here. Hey, you need to come early and help set up. And hey, you got to stay late and help us, uh, you know, get things back in order. Uh, it's a say-along moment. That's what a speaker calls a pregnant pause. <laughs> Would I just allow you some silence, uncomfortable silence, where you think, but I love them so much, I just do it, I would do everything for them. You're hurting them. Because again, if they go, listen, they have got to know that with every choice, there's a consequence. There's no such thing as us bringing our I mean, there's no such thing as our kids staying home and we go to church. Because I need our kids on their level to be sown the seed of God's Word and sense His presence and learn conscience, which is really the Spirit of God leading us through our conscience, which is the candle of the Lord. One of the greatest ways we, we... taught our kids to follow God as when we are watching something and something hit our heart, something we shouldn't see, something we shouldn't hear, and then we turn it off, say, listen, what did that, how did that feel in your heart, good or bad? Well, that felt bad, Dad. I said, then, to keep watching that when you're feeling bad, our spirit is the candle of the Lord. Our conscience is the voice of our spirit, and the Holy Spirit will allow us to know through our spirit, by our conscience, that's not right. I was in a service one time that, that I will never go back to that environment. They demanded money. They demanded, oh, is that enough? You given enough? I had a seed I was going to sow into that ministry, and I brought it back home with me because it was not right. And that's part of the, the, the ties stuff going on these days. The biggest part that I do not agree with is you do not cause people to fear into their giving. There's a whole topic I'll probably, I'm probably going to talk about that next week. You've never been to Harvest where we pulled an offering. In in the Old Testament, they took an offering. In the New Testament, we receive the offering. And if you want to know just a little bit of a preview, the tithe issue is not even a law issue because the tithe was seen before the law was instituted. And it was regulated during the law, and it's also instituted after the law. And and when you emphasize tithing properly, you want to emphasize, I'm not just giving to get this morning. I'm giving because I love God. 
I'm giving because I love his purpose. I know that this ministry reaches our community and, and, and the region and the nations of the world. I'm giving so we can, we can expand the kingdom of God and the Great Commission. Come on, somebody. So that's about the first four things you want to hear before, yeah, you can give and it will be given to you. But there's been some extremes in that area. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul goes on to say, there's a lot of people around here who can't even wait to tell you what you've done wrong. They can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and the effort to help you grow. Everyone here who has kids, make sure you're helping them develop their conscience by feeding on the Word, by getting in environments like this where the presence of God is for our kids and, and our youth and our young adults. I want to tell you something. Our young adults are just multiplying. They're hungry for God. Our youth are hungry for God. They just came back from a youth camp. My wife and I were there, and it's over 600. You know, maybe... A a small percentage were there for a wrong reason, but I guess what? They get in that environment, and they're having impartation happening to them. And when they came for a wrong reason, all of a sudden, God got a hold of them for the right reason. Now, parents, guardians, whoever have youth, sacrifice to get those kids in our youth room every Wednesday. You might say, well, I'm going on vacation. Well, well, go on vacation and leave your kids. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, enjoy your vacation. Enjoy your family. Um, sometimes it's very inconvenient to come to church, but I know the sacrifice of what I need to get into my kids' life. They don't just have fun there, which they do have a blast. But especially when, when we, we sent over 60 kids, young, uh, youth, and their lives are being transformed. We need to keep stoking that fire. We need to keep sowing those seeds. We, we need to keep talking to them in small groups and, and, and when they have praise and worship and, and when they have the, the inspired Word of God, the living Word of God just poured into them. Did you know to have good kids, we have to have your cooperation to be in partnership with us. We can't do it all because we have to have these things in our households as well. I feel like saying, let's bow our head and pray, we're leaving. <laughs> but it's, it's true. God is good, amen. Okay. We talked about, number one, a good father, parent, guardian learns from the ultimate example. And that's God himself. He's a father. Ephesians 3.14, for this reason, grasping the greatness of this plan by which Jews and Gentiles are joined together in Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth. I love that. Because whenever I read that scripture, I know there's a real place called heaven. I know there's a real place called that place that my dad is residing right now. He's more full of life than he's ever been. My mom had three miscarriages. I have three brothers I haven't met yet. 
That's cool. Whoever's gone to be with the Lord, God, by the Apostle Paul, says, from whom every, every family, say every family, every family, says in heaven and on earth, derives its name. And God, the first, and He is the ultimate Father. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, be imitators of God. Copy him. Follow his example. As well-beloved children in, imitate their father. And here's the first thing it says, walk continually in love. You know, when those words are, are starting to stir up that you, you just want to lay it on your kids or your spouse or your boss or whatever, the love of God can help us say it can constrain us. And we can walk away or wait, and we do not correct our children in anger. Your voice might be intense, but watch the spirit of anger. Walk continually in love. That is, value one another, practice empathy, compassion, unselfishly, seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering, sacrifice to God slain for you so that it became a sweet fragrance. Number two, God. Well, first of all, God, our great example. Then as we learn from our Father, God, no matter what, I tell you what, God so supernaturally graces and strengthens our single parents, single mom, our single dad, and, and helps because because God is the Father of all spirits, and He will lead you to a place like this where, where you can get into a community where there's some strong, brave men, where your kids can see what a man of God looks like, uh, and an authentic lady looks like. You can rub shoulders, get on a service team, get in a small group. You, you need your company because... I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm telling you, you're going to face something that, that you need some assistance and some help, and someone come alongside us to buoy us up, and their, their battery, so to speak, is full, ours is drained, and they come on and they put their cables on us, bear one another's burdens. There's no shame in that. When you're going through something super intense, and boy, it's good to have our own company. It's good for those who will weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice and, and make sure that, you know, hey, that's, we understand this, but then, then they love you enough to, if it's appropriate, sometimes you just listen. But then you, then you begin to pray with them, and you pray the Word over them, and you begin to build them up in the Word. And their jumper cable, you, their jumper cables are on you, and they are just absolutely beginning to help strengthen you because it's the strong spirit of a man that will sustain all of us in infirmities, but a weak and broken spirit who can bear. That's why we need to have a relationship with God every day. I don't have to pray. I get to pray. My prayer life is a conversation. 
How, how much do you pray, Pastor Going, I have no idea. Someone help me. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I'm his own. That's a daily thing. God's real. There's a real God the Father on the throne of God in heaven. There's a real Jesus Christ who became the Son of Man. He took on a, a body like ours. He died, raised from the dead, and now he is seated at the right hand in a glorified physical body. It's a real place. Heaven's a real place. Family in heaven, family on earth, it's a real place. And then you have God the Holy Spirit now who is on the earth. This is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, like we sang today, have your way in this place. Saturate this place because we're facing a world that is very draining. Did you know like some of us as parents, man, I don't feel like taking my kids to church on Wednesday night. I feel like just crashing. Well, guess what? How many of the pastor doesn't feel like coming to church sometimes? Do you think I need to show up anyway? That becomes disciplines. You don't, you don't, you're not led by your feelings. You're not led by your senses. Now, if you're resisting, stay home. But if you're resisting and you're on a team, tell them immediately before so they can get replacements. So we in turn learn from God and we impart what we've learned from God to our children. The world's confused. I, the world is confused. It used to be just a man and a woman. Now there's like 70,000 something that people can wake up and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm this. There are places that are allowing children to choose their gender. But God already made choice. I'm on some pretty tight things. No wonder. We praise him. Get back up there and just pump us up. Come on, come on, come on. No. We need to hear this. It's wrong. You can't say I was born this way. God makes no mistakes. And, and, and I'm here not to condemn anybody that might be in those different lifestyles, but I'm telling you what, it, the, that's why the Word says, let's be born again into the family of God where God begins to give you your identity. Who are you in Christ? What can you do in Christ? Father, I just break the power of anyone viewing online, anyone in our families, anyone here today physically, first service as well. I break the power of homosexuality off their life in Jesus' name. I break its power in Jesus' name. And I, I tear off those blinders, Father. Send perfect labors that they'll, they'll listen to, Father. Rain upon their hearts. Draw them, Father, back home. Draw them, Father, to Jesus if they don't know you. How can I condone what God does not sanction? Why not preach these things that, and if you don't get right with God on them, 
could send you to a really bad hell. And I'm not going to call out what's wrong. That means I don't love you. I mean, you know, folks, stop saying, stop saying go to hell. You don't even know what you're saying. It's a place where God is absent. Love is absent. God tells you in Scripture what is appropriate for a man and appropriate for women and appropriate for marriage. Man is to be married to a wife, wife to man. I've heard people say, uh, I've heard people say this, it's, it's, not, it's not Adam and Steve, it's Adam and Eve. Now, I, don't, I, don't, you know, I didn't mean to be humorous about that. Then you see all these articles, I am a Christian and I am a homosexual. Uh, uh, no, you're not. And if you are, let's pray right now and help you. Let's allow them to come to church, but allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, because there's some things in church today, it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the living God. Be honest with me, how many didn't feel like coming to church this morning? Wow, I got two hands on you. <laughs> but let me tell you something. Was it worth it? Oh my goodness. Was it worth it? That's why we don't forsake the assembling. I know many of you are shut in because you're sick or whatever online, virtual church. We, we love you. And we're just praying that if there's anything that's holding you up from coming back and you're able to come back, we just pray that you will because there's something about the assembling of the saints. There's some encouragement. There's truth. The, is, the truth is a bedrock of the church. It's the pillar of the church. We live in a world that doesn't know what it is today. And then 17 more titles come up that you might possibly choose. I hope you hear my heart. There, there's a cleansing and a washing going on in the church today, and even in this service. We love all people. We're going to share the Word of God. All of us have come out of something. Can I get an amen on that? Now, now and how do we come out? Man, I tell you what, God didn't give up on me. When, when, when I was at wrong places, wrong people, wrong places, wrong things, God, but, but as a young boy, I got saved when I was three, so there was word in me talking to me. I was trying to be bad, and God saying, you don't like this. You're awkward here. You don't fit here. I tell this humorously, but... I went to Appalachian State. Come on, anybody here at Appalachian State? Well, there's crickets. Wait a minute. Wait, did anybody go to Appalachian State? You did? All right, good. Well, it, I graduated high school when I was 17. And my brother had been in a, uh, what do you call those things, um, a fraternity. And so I'm there, 
um, and there's a meeting for a fraternity. And after that meeting, they were going to take us freshmen and really baptize us in partying. Say, Pastor Cohen, I just can't envision you there. I can't, I can't either. And, and actually, actually, we went to a club. And you know, I was just, I'm there trying to be bad. God's speaking to my conscience because the word's been sown. And there is a girl that's planted right there that says, hey, I wonder if you know Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, Jesus, I'm trying to be bad here now. Let me alone. <laughs> and if you think about it, you have the same story. <laughs> you know, as much as I love testimonies of people being delivered from stuff, I so celebrate those that by the grace of God, they have a testimony. You don't have to have a bad testimony to have a good testimony. Having a good testimony is the best route to take. And that's why we're teaching our kids an assortment of, uh, of the things they need to know. And sometimes we'll even talk to you parents and have you sign off on a topic that we're going to discuss that we need to discuss. Little Johnny's hearing a whole lot more in that in that. In that school system and around friends, so don't, don't, don't be upset if we, if we talk about homosexuality, if we talk about it from the Word's perspective, and then we talk about this gender stuff, and we talk about, uh, we talk about um, all the different things going on in a confused world today. If we, don't, if we don't teach our children and we don't come to church, we're, we're not stirred up to see straight sometimes. Parents, help us, help you. My, if my youth went, which they did, if my youth went to that camp, I'm having those kids right in there. You say, well, you're the pastor. Well, yeah, but we, we're parents too. Those kids are getting so many good things imparted into them. I understand. It's terrible. So many of the programs are on Wednesday night. I hate that. I'm not telling you guys to take kids out of football or whatever, whatever. Just make sure, you know what, at least bring them consistently on Sunday morning. You're like saying, Pastor, why are you getting on my case? I'm here. I'm here. Well, I'm just charging us all. Let's make sure we see why we come to church. We see why we need community. We see why we needed this message to clarify things. We see. And faith is built up on the inside of us. But, but parents, let me tell you something. If, if you can't be a good example, then you just have to be a horrible warning. Catherine Franklin said that. Number three, a good father needs an authority, needs to be an authority, but not a dictator. If the husband is not following the Word of God, ladies, you got to take on that role and pray for your husband that he'll see 
and you don't keep your kids out of church because dad doesn't want to come, you get up anyway and you lead your kids. Please relieve me by saying, thank you, Jesus. That was awful soft. But this is what a pastor does, you know. Guest ministers get to pump you up and have all kinds of stuff going on. And that's why I appreciated Michael exhorting us today because I knew, I knew what was coming next. <laughs> These are the things that God does in a service. There was a newspaper article by Ann Landers. First service, we got in an argument about this. Ann Landers, is she a real person? She is a real person. But is she alive? Well, who's writing Ann Landers' columns today? Huh? General people, is that what happens? So I'm just going back to saying I think you know, Ann Landers is the, you know, has passed away. And uh, anyway, what? Ruth Crowley. And she writes on behalf of Ann Landers. See, see, we're getting into an argument now. <laughs> huh? Okay. You mean Ann Landers was not, was not the original lady? Well, she used the writing name. Her real name is Ruth. Yeah, sorry. It's a name. Oh, it's a pseudo name. That's great. What's that mean? <laughs> someone, someone sort of being a ghostwriter type thing. Anyway, I command confusion, leave this house. All right. And my next point was this, in a confused world, our kids are looking for good role models, looking for a good authority. By all means, men, hang close with me and tighten our brave meetings, and ladies, make sure they get out of the house to that meeting, because he will come back new and improved. We all will. Kids need boundaries. They need to know that these are, the, these are the expectations of our household, and if you, um, you know, when they were little, if they, you know, they broke those boundaries, we, we would have to go to the Scripture and, and let them know there's a consequence to what just happened. And at that time, they... they They've got to feel it. Now, let me give you some scripture. Proverbs 23, 13 says, Don't withhold discipline from a child because if you strike him with a rod, but I didn't strike my kids with a rod, I just had a little, little wooden spoon. <laughs> Hannah said, That's all you needed. They, our kids, I can't even count on my hand how many times we had to uh, institute pain. <laughs> When they were little, oh, there's just so much I could say about that. Um, it was un- one thing for mom to give them a poppin, and 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 they're like pretending it hurt. 
but wait until dad comes home. Never, 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 say never. Never, never correct in anger. But the word does say, if you strike them with a wooden, wooden spoon, <laughs> they're not going to die. They're going to understand what I, I, I they got to feel something that, uh, that causes them to correct their actions. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go or they should go. Even when they're old, they're not going to depart from it. Those again who have wayward kids, they're coming back. Not because I feel like it, not because I sense it, it's because God's Word says it. They've got Word talking to them. That's why they don't like you a lot of times. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his children. Now, how do I handle this? You know, there comes a point in time that you don't spank anymore. Now, I punched Joseph. <laughs> but he punches back. But when, he, when they got more out of the age of, you know, where that was effective, now you keep the boundaries and now you start letting them hurt in a new way. Such as, you will clean, you'll have a clean room, you will have done your homework before you get on your games. Oh man, come on, clap, clap for that, clap for that. My kids are always on their games, always on their games, always. Well, I mean, change it. They're still in your house, breathing your air, under your shelter, eating your food. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go to church today. Say what? You coming. Gosh, God didn't like my sermon today. He just sort of gave uh, us what he was thinking. But here's what we do when, really, keep your kids exposed to the Word because this is what the Word does for us. 2 Timothy 3 says, every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration. And what is a word profitable for? For instruction, for reproof, for conviction of sin. For cor what? For correction of error. There are times that I'd be in the, just listening to the word, listening to my pastor, or, or studying or something like that, and all of a sudden that word just smote my conscience. Could have been a bad attitude that day or something, I don't know. Or could have been my voice was too intense toward my kids or my wife. Stay connected to the word. And it will just start dividing things off your life. That's called sanctification. Sanctification, when you get so much of the Word, you start, you start becoming more Christ-like. It doesn't take, it does, it's not one sermon that's going to do it. It's going to cause you to have to go through the growth process just like we do naturally. There's a spiritual 
pathway that we need to grow up so that we don't buy in to anybody's doctrine that would be contrary to the Word of God no matter who they are. So the words for correction of error and discipline in obedience and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action, so that the man of God may be complete. This is what the Word of God is going to help us do as we yield to it, as we apply it, as we uh, uh, read it and do it. We'll become complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's how God equips you to fulfill your purpose. I'm getting ready to say something. You might need to buckle up on this one. If you're not fellowshipping with God through His Word very consistently, you will never fulfill the will of God for your life. Give me scriptures on that, Pastor. Yeah. The Word says, renew your mind so that you can prove what is the good and the per good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. How do I fulfill my purpose? One of the main things we say around here, get on a service team. Just, just start serving and stay in the Word. And all of a sudden, God will fashion you for this step and that step. And, and, and there's coming a day that you'll be operating in the fullness of what God has for you. And it's glorious. It's awesome. Not glory to us, but glory to Him. There's a group on, um, I, I don't know what their name is, but they're a cappella, and they sing phenomenal. It's just amazing. And they sing songs, uh, To God Be the Glory, or I don't know which song it was, but man, they, they, it's, the sound is glorious, attracting God or people to God. Your gift is not for you to be commended or credited or our gifting should be to help you. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not so that we can pray in an unknown tongue and, and just get real excited about things. We get filled with the Holy Spirit so we can do the ministry, so that we can win in life. Number four. I'm going to bring it in. Guardians, parents, we need to be a good listener. And let me tell you something. There's been times when my kids wanted to talk to me. I just was not up for a talk. But I said, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to give them attention no matter what right now. Give them good attention. Put down your phone. Thank you. <laughs> Give them undivided attention. And that, that goes not only when they're 
young, but when they get older, we, we want to have a friendship. But you have to watch growing up with your kids becoming their best friend because they might not even take a correction from you. Close to our kids. But there are times I had to say, uh, for instance, there was a time that, that I, know, I know our kids are perfect, right? It's like, you, like us saying, I know your kids are perfect, right? I'm not saying they're bad kids, they're great kids. But there was a time that we were getting ready to eat di- uh, uh, turkey dinner, uh, Thanksgiving, and it was all out, the, all assorted, but Hannah and Joseph, they got into a discussion, a quarrel. They are agitated and irritated, and I knew it. They were sitting down at the table. I said, you know what? You guys go up in your room, get this straight, and then we'll eat. I'm not going to let strife in my house. It's my house. That's my domain. This church, we're going to stand for the full counsel of God, even when it's unpopular, even when the world says that's hate speech. No, this is not my opinion. This is what God said. And he just doesn't have a degree. He is omniscient. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. His way is the right way. It's not antiquated. It's not out of date. It is fresh and alive today. So relevant today. Number five, fathers need to be an encourager of the good things kids do. Six, father needs to be a teacher. Hand down the skills that you know. And I can't talk about your kids, but I can talk about mine. One of my skill sets is I do finances really well. We could have done a whole lot more things that we wanted to do in this church, but I chose to make sure we we paid this campus off debt-free. And we're working on some very healthy reserves. How do you like that? Pastor, don't say that. They might stop giving. No, glory to God. That makes me want to give more to a responsible place like that where the pastor does not have a key to the door that leads to a safe. No. Where there's cameras all around this place for integrity. Man, I think I'm going to go home and re-listen to this service. But I taught my kids. Isn't it wonderful when your daughter sang? She sang. And then my wife texts me. I mean, she literally texts me. But my kids are in good shape financially right now because they, they listened and they saw what was happening in our life where we, we, we didn't increase from here to here, you know, in a day. It took day after day after week after week after year after year, little by little by little by little. I will always be a part of Harvest Church. And I will always give a voice of reason to how we run our finances. 
first thing we do, first thing we do every single offering, we, we do cut off the tithe and offerings immediately. Tithe is the law. No, again, remember, tithing was instituted in Abraham before the law, regulated during the law, still applied to the New Testament. And if you have a problem with that, if, if, if God, listen, during the law, they didn't receive the offering. They took your tithes. How many have ever been to an offering like that? That feels uncomfortable, and none of you can say we've ever done that here. I won't. Because there's a grace of tithing. The law would say, it doesn't matter if you have a mortgage. You pay your tithes. The grace of tithing is, wait a minute, God's gracious. Pay your mortgage, but get yourself in better shape financially so that you can be in a tithing covenant with God and, 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 and operate in the laws of seed time and harvest. If you don't sow anything, the Word of God says, you're not going to reap anything. But again, that's not our first motive. I love God. That's why I give. I love His will. That's why I give. I love helping people through the local church. That's why I give. I love missions. I love, I love fulfilling the Great Commission. Then we'll get down to, and He meets our needs. When someone talks about finances too much, I... Turn them off. Well, God is good. What number are we on? You don't even know. <laughs> We're supposed to receive communion, so hurry up and listen. Uh, number seven, a father is protector. You guard your kids from their so-called friends. And you, 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 you um, encourage the good ones and you help them cut off the bad ones. And before you send them to a house, you better know what that family believes. There are certain family members that I never sent our kids to because I know they don't live the right lifestyle. But that's my whoever. That's my family. Yeah, and you're just about getting ready to expose them to stuff they don't need to see. Guard them from exposure with Joseph and I. For a man, our eyes, and really, ladies, percentage-wise, are, are being affected by pornography more than ever before now. But as a young man coming up, you know, I, Joseph and I, we held each other accountable. I said, Joseph, watch my eyes. I mean, there are good-looking people in this world, right? But you don't entertain them. You look, big deal. Their heart might have worms in it. You don't see what's behind that thing. And uh, can you all stand me just a little bit more? Or are you like bored and you're like, get me out of here? It is dinner time. What did I say last? Then I'll give him the next point. I didn't hear what you said. That was Charlie Brown's teacher. I still didn't hear you. Somebody, what? Oh, protectors, yeah. I check with Joseph periodically. Joseph, how are you doing with your eyes? The men in this church, they watch me watch 
They watched my eyes. There are times that I travel with some staff, and there's times that attacks come on the road. Well, we had to go into a store one time, and, and, and this, this uh, cashier, I mean, was absolutely miserable and just berating me for some reason. Well, my big toe started to feel something. <laughs> it was getting about to my knees. Not really. But on the inside of me, I was, I was sorry for them. And I spoke kind words. Got back in the van, realizing that everybody saw that scene. And guess what? If I can do it, you can do it. You don't always have to give people a piece of your mind. Sometimes, just let it go. How many have ever been warned that what you're about to say is going to cause a fight? I mean, you just, and you're like, you know, stand up, please. Guard your kids from people, places, things. Teach your kids to have a good conscience because there are time little Johnny or little Susie's going to be uh, tempted to get in a car with young kids who are drinking. We told our kids, if you ever get into an uncomfortable place, you call me instantly. I don't care where it is, what time it is. Well, we had boundaries. <laughs> and, and we'll come get you. Blame it on us. How many times have we overridden our conscience and it ended up with a bad outcome? Y'all getting ready for communion, I hear you. <laughs> okay, fathers are providers, yes. Number nine, fathers are forgivers. Now, uh, that was a cleansing word, but right now let's all pray. And uh, just make sure our hearts are right before God. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that we're going with what you say because we have a biblical worldview. Father, forgive any of us if we started to think differently. We thank you for your Holy Spirit and your word clarifying things. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Uh, again, if we've erred in any way, Father, I just examine my life right now. If I've stepped out of love, if I stepped out of faith, if I uh, committed a sin of commission or omission, forgive me, God. I'm so glad now I have a clean and clear conscience. And for those of you who want to receive the Lord for the first time today, everybody just bow your heads in prayer. If you're here for the, and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He's the only way to heaven. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to pray a general prayer, and you would like to be included in that prayer, would you raise your hand right now? No one's looking at you. Between you and God and me, just want to see who's praying with me today. Thank you. Come on, let's settle this thing. If you're concerned, lift up your hand. There you go. Thank you. You can put it down. Let's all pray this prayer in unison with them, with all of our hearts. Say, God, with all my heart, I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He lived a sinless life so He could die for my failure. 
and my death sentence. The wages of sin is death. Thank you, Jesus. You are crucified for me. You died. Your spirit went into hell. And on the third day, God raised you from the dead by the glory of God. Now, Jesus, I'm settling this. Forgive me from all my wrongdoings in the past. I'm turning around to you, Jesus, because I need you. And I ask you now to come into my heart. I receive you as my Savior. I confess you as my Lord. I renounce my past. In Jesus' name, I've been born into the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen.